So I think she's going to take a bit of beating as well on uh, on Saturday night. I could probably list about another eight or ten genuine contenders in the men's race. I mean, it's really it's really stacked full of talent. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the the class of 2023 after the, after this weekend and see what uh, see what happens to them. There is but one day to go before the night of the 10,000 metre PBs as part of ON's Global Track Night series. And as these previews draw to a close, it's time to zoom in on who to look out for at the sharp end of competition. Joining me today is Head of Digital at Athletics Weekly, Jason Henderson, for a deep dive on who's in with a shot at that meeting record and a share of that prize pot. We're also going to be chatting a little bit about the silver label attached to this event, as well as sharing some of Jason's own memories of its 10-year history. Jason, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. We are a day away from from Highgate, but we're going to just start this discussion with a little caveat, a little disclosure, that we're recording this on the Wednesday before the event, and our point of reference is is the open track data. I know you've been publishing articles as well with, with previews as well. Race lineups can change, so we're going to do our best to be as accurate and as truthful as possible, but there may be a few amendments and changes by the time this podcast is published. Now, with that disclosure out of the way, let's get into the elite competition, because looking at these fields, there is potential for some really exciting racing. So let's start off with with the women's to begin with. So from an international point of view, who's catching your eye for that race on Saturday evening? Uh, well, first of all, with the women's race, um, you say an international point of view, but I think the Brits have got a real, a great chance in the uh, in the women's race. The reigning champion from last year is Jess Warner-Judd. She's coming back again, hopefully, to defend her title. So we'll, we'll talk about the Brits a little bit, a little bit more in a moment. Um, but certainly from an international perspective, it's it's really strong. Um, I mean, there's probably a couple of athletes who who jump out to me straight away. Uh, one of the, one of them is Nadia Batacletti, uh, an Italian athlete who's won quite a few Eurocross titles uh, in recent years. Not not the senior crowns, but the the age group crowns. She's won under twenty three and under twenty titles. Uh, most recently, uh, she she won one of the under twenty three titles again uh, in Turin back in December. Her father was a, a top Italian runner a number of years ago, and I, I think she's become a bit of a star in Italy. That Euro Cross event that she won was on home soil, not that far away from where she lives, and uh, you know she was one of the stars of the day there. Uh, she hasn't got a fantastic pedigree over ten thousand meters on the track so far, uh, but I think that's still to come. Uh, you know, I don't think she's really taken ten thousand meters on the track too seriously uh, so far. Um, but I mean, to give you an idea of how good she is, she was seventh in the Olympic five thousand meter final in Tokyo. Uh, so she's obviously got got uh, great pedigree. So mm. so she really jumps out to me. She's uh, she's one of my tips to uh, to give Jess Warner Judd a, a run for her money. And then uh, and then I guess another one, another another name that jumps out is an Ethiopian athlete called Howie Faser, whose background dates back to the World Cross Country Champs uh, about six years ago. She was runner up behind Leten Sebet Gide, who has obviously gone on to break multiple world records at all kinds of distances. Uh, she was runner-up in the junior race there at the World Cross. Uh, since then, she's gone on to run just outside 31 minutes for 10,000 metres on the track, and she's run a 2.23 marathon as well, in addition 
to finishing sixth in the senior women's race at the recent World Cross Country Championships in Australia. So I think she's going to take a bit of beating as well on uh, on Saturday night at Highgate. Okay, interesting, interesting. Loving loving the picks there. Okay, so you mentioned Jess. Obviously, she she took home the crown last year, and she's part of a a really stacked domestic field. Just looking now on an open track, looking at the the GBR flags there. There's there's a lot of British athletes representing in the in the women's race. So, who's taking your pick for for the domestic side of things? Yeah, I think the British women have really come out on force this weekend. There's uh, there's quite a lot of of really good names there. I mean, obviously Jess Warner Judd uh, stands out. Uh, she won this race twelve months ago. She's uh, pretty much known as as being a superbly consistent performer. Um, she ran. I think pretty much all the all the major championships last summer as well. Her her best time or performance was at the World Champs in Eugene, where she ran thirty thirty five. And uh, I think in in some of these major championships like like Eugene, she wasn't she wasn't uh, far off Ailish McColgan either. They were kind of battling it out for most of the way round the laps in uh, in those races. And uh, I also think Jess is she's probably one of Britain's most underrated athletes mm. you know i think it's probably fair to say she's not she's not a household name like like uh someone like Ailish mccolgan but um but you know she's she's not much slower really and and uh just has, has had a tremendous record on all surfaces you know cross-country track road you know from being a, a superbly talented teenage runner right the way through to the senior athlete she is now so you know she's uh she she's probably the top brit the athlete to beat uh, but then we've got Samantha Harrison as well, who ran a 225 marathon in London just a few weeks ago. So she's obviously in fantastic shape, you know, probably the form of her life. Mm. But four weeks after a marathon, you know, what what are her legs going to be like? You know, every, everybody knows after a marathon, you know, you probably have at least uh, an easy week or two. Your legs feel like rubber. It's quite hard to get back into training again. So it'll be interesting to see how she rebounds from uh, from the London Marathon. Um, and then we've we've got, I mean, there's a great stack of, of other talented British women. Uh, Amy Eloise Markovic, um, who's a, a superb talent and, and she's been able to do it, uh, do the business at major championships before. Uh, Amelia Quirk is a real talent. She's making a 10,000 metre debut. Um, I've been watching Amelia's progress for a few years now. She came out at the start of the winter, ran really well at, in uh, the Cardiff Cross Challenge uh, back in October. And I, I was there to chat to her on that occasion. And she had big hopes for the winter, but then she got injured. She was injured throughout the early part of the winter. And then she's got back into shape throughout the, the start of this year. Um, who knows what she's going to do on her debut, though? I think I think on her day, she's uh, due something quite special. So she's certainly worth keeping keeping an eye on. And then just to run through a few of the other top Brits, uh, we've got the English national cross country champion Sarah Astin, uh, Verity Ockenden, uh, Lauren Hayes, Abby Donnelly, Lucy Reed, Clara Evans. Clara Evans ran a really, really good marathon recently. I guess she's a bit like Sam Harrison. We're not quite sure how she's going to bounce back from that, but she's certainly been in great shape in recent months. Uh, Beth Kidger, Louise Small, um, the winner of the the B race last year, Georgie Gorek. Hope I've pronounced her name correctly. There won the B race last year. I think she's going to be in the A race this time, so it'll be interesting to see how she goes. Um, and then just just lots of other lots of other athletes who are you know potentially dark horses. Uh, 
There's an athlete called Annabelle Gummo, who I know because she's from my neck of the woods down in the West Country. And she was a teenage prodigy many years ago. And then like so many teenage prodigies, she kind of struggled a little bit, lost her form. But she's been she's been coming back into form in the past two or three years and and is trying to forge out a bit of a career on the roads now. And again, if if she gets it right, if she has a, f- a few months of uninterrupted training, then she could be set for some, something special as well. Um, but really, I think, you know, Jess Warner-Judd and Sam Harrison, they're probably probably the two big domestic names that we'll be looking for in the women's race. Absolutely stacked from, from the domestic side of things. And it's going to just be so exciting for people who are going to be down there spectating and witnessing all of that action unfold up close as well as the people who will be watching it on the stream now you mentioned uh you mentioned dark horses there now because obviously races aren't run on paper as much as we'd like to sort of look at the pbs and, and predict as best we can and that's that's the joy as well and the 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 great appeal of of meets like this is is things can can go in a different direction they can be curveballs so are there any from the women's side of things are there any sort of dark horses or outliers that you think might be ones to kind of keep an eye on that maybe might upset the narrative that we're sort of predicting here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the race is probably full of, of lots of, lots of potential surprises. I think there are a few really good athletes as well, who, who would almost be an insult to describe them as dark horses because they're, they're probably really good, good contenders in their own right. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of, of an American athlete called, called Winey Kalati, who was born in Eritrea. She has a really interesting background. She was born in Eritrea and uh, went to Eugene, Oregon for the World Junior Championships uh, about nine years ago now. And she deliberately missed her flight home and stayed in the States and then sought asylum and eventually became a US citizen, uh, I think a couple of years ago now. And she has a best of, of 31 minutes and 10 seconds. Um, she's won the US collegiate NCAA title in the past. You know, she's got a really good background. So I think I think she's going to be another good contender on the night. There's another another American athlete who was born in Kenya called Edna Kurgat, uh, who again is a former NCAA champion, uh, this time on the country. Uh, she's also the reigning USA track and field cross-country champion. And she also has a best that's not far outside 31 minutes. Uh, so she's got a real a real chance as well. Um, and then, I mean, there's there's just so many other contenders. I mean, I'll run through a few of them. Uh, there's a German athlete called Mir- Miriam Datka, uh, who's run 31 and a half minutes. Uh, she was fourth in the European Marathon last year. Um, there's a, an interesting Croatian athlete who's on the start list called Bojana Bezeljak, uh, who's run a t- 223 marathon uh, back in December in Valencia. She's the Croatian record holder. So, you know, who knows how that's going to translate onto the track over 10,000 meters. I mean, obviously 223 marathon is is uh, superb. So, you know, don't be too surprised if you see her at the sharp end on Saturday night as well. And then just looking at a few, a few more names, uh, there's a Finnish athlete who's probably better known for competing over the steeplechase called Camilla Richardson. Uh, she was ninth in the European champs over 10,000 meters last summer. So if she's made improvements, she's going to be right up there. Um, and then uh, probably one more athlete to mention is another Ethiopian uh, called Likina Ayel, who doesn't have a great deal of track pedigree, but she's run 31.30 on the roads, which again kind of hints that she might be due for a bit of a, a track break- breakthrough. 
And obviously, with so many athletes uh, at Highgate on Saturday night, lots of them will be looking for the World Championship qualifying marks. So, uh, so you kind of guess that most of these athletes will have those uh, those times in their sights. Yeah, 30, uh, 30 minutes and 40 seconds, the the women's uh, qualifying standard for the world champs. And yeah, you're right, it does feel slightly remiss to maybe call some of these athletes dark horses or outliers. The kind of field is so kind of incredibly stacked. There's such pedigree there, but there's so many permutations of how this race can go. I think it's going to be absolutely electric. Thank you for that amazing knowledge and, and insight, Jason. Now, you mentioned an Eritrean athlete in the women's side, and there's another Eritrean Norwegian athlete in the men's elite field. And we'll come to those athletes in a minute. But I just want to touch briefly on the new addition for this year, which I think is a fantastic initiative that Ben has put into the lineup, is these under-17 and under-20 800-meter races that are happening moments before the elite championship races kick off. I, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for these athletes to sort of soak up that that atmosphere. We've just had one of the athletes to watch, Iris Downs, on the show. Her episode has just come out. She came out yesterday and you must must listen to her because I think she's a, a real athlete to watch. But I mean, what's what's your take on, on that addition and uh, why do you think it's a, an exciting prospect for the athletes who are going to be soaking up that Glastonbury athletic atmosphere? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, uh, throughout my years working for Athletics Weekly, I've I've always covered the young athletes, uh, events and championships uh, quite a lot. You know, I probably spend just as much time interviewing teenage athletes as I do older, more established uh, athletes. So I'm I'm always a big fan of giving them a place in the spotlight. And I think this is a great idea to to uh, have some 800 meter races on on uh, Saturday. I, I noticed in the timetable as well that they're not. Uh, Kind of tucked away quite early in the schedule either they they've got they've got a nice slot um in the in the sort of early part of the evening when the atmosphere will really be starting to build so i think it's uh it, it's great for ben pocci and his team to have, have put those those races in there and uh you know they, they have they have a purpose as well because not only do they allow the athletes to get a taste of this kind of atmosphere and um, you know the the incredible amount of support that they'll get trackside from all the spectators, but they'll they'll be chasing uh, qualifying marks for uh, I think it's the European Under Twenty Champs later mm-hmm. on this summer, uh, Commonwealth Youth Games as well, uh, which is over over in Trinidad and Tobago in August, which uh, which some of the athletes will be hoping to go to. So they're uh, they're chasing marks there, and um, as you mentioned with Iris Downs, the there are quite a few of uh, Britain's top teenage 800 meter runners in in action as well. I think it's great, and I, and like you say, it's not being tucked away. They're getting the, the the full kind of high gate experience. They're going to be getting the wave light as well. Obviously, all of that atmosphere, and like you say, they're going to there's, there's serious kind of uh, qualifying opportunities at stake for them, just as there are for all the other athletes. And one of the other sort of additions to to this event is the is the silver label status now. I hear that and I'm not 100% sure what it means, but I know there's there's advantages to it being attached to this event. So what does it mean perhaps for the people who are maybe not familiar with it? And why is it a draw for athletes that toe the line when we think about the elite side of competition? I mean, for me, I think it's mainly just a, a seal of approval from mm. World Athletics. You know, it, it gives the meeting that added kudos. You know, it, uh, it just gives it a bit more status. Um, we we found in recent years as as World Athletics have have tried to kind of reorganise the the global athletics calendar. They they've um, given lots of events uh, certain status. You know they've they've put them under the banner of of being a 
a continental tour gold or silver or bronze meeting um and so on and so forth and it it just uh, it just gives a meeting like like um highgate just that seal of approval really absolutely yeah and i think yeah it's like a like a a blue tick a verification mark or a, or a blue plaque like the one that was inv- unveiled last year to sort of uh, celebrate the parliament hill and the whole history of the of the cross country that's also connected to that part of london but that's a whole other podcast for another time so let's get into the men's side of competition so looking at the men's elite field from an international perspective i mean we've got some big hitters there we've got some 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 Olympians, Paul Chilimo immediately springs to mind, but I'm I'm curious to get to get your take on who's uh, who's going to be exciting to watch from an international point of view. Yeah, so Paul Chilimo is probably the the biggest name in the lineup in the men's race. Um, I'd I'd say probably the the uh, the favourite at the moment on paper. You know, if if there were if there were bookmakers odds on this race, he would probably be uh, I don't know maybe two to one, three to one favourite at the moment, something like that. Uh, is a Kenyan called Stanley Mburo. Now, Stanley is certainly not a household name. He'll be a name that won't be very familiar to most of the people mm-hmm. at, uh, at Parliament Hill on sat- Saturday night. And and I say that with the knowledge that lots of the spectators there are re- they they do know their stuff as well. You know, it's a knowledgeable crowd. You know, they they don't they don't just turn up not knowing any of the athletes. They they have got good knowledge, but. I'm not sure many would be too familiar with Stanley Mburo. Stanley basically finished runner-up at the World Championships last summer in Eugene in the 10,000 metre final behind the world record holder Joshua Cheptegei of Uganda. Uh, so, I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. Um, his, his PB is 27.13, uh, which dates back about five years. And he's only 23 years old. So you can kind of do the maths and realise that he said his PB when he was about 18, so he's he's probably capable. I th- I think being being a world championship silver medalist, he's surely capable of breaking 27 minutes, you know, in good conditions when he's in good when he's in good shape. Um, I mean, to put his world championship silver medal in perspective, uh, during that final in Eugene last summer, he he beat among others, and these these are well known names. Well, I think I think so in the world of athletics, anyway. Uh, Jacob Kiplimo of Uganda was behind him. Grant Fisher, the American, was behind him. And Salomon Borega as well of Ethiopia. They were all behind him. So, you know, this this guy can move. I think he's uh, probably, as I say, the, he would be the bookies' favourites on, uh, on Saturday night. Okay, okay, exciting. And, and I'm just looking at his, uh, on the open track now, so his season's best at the moment is a 27... 27- 33 but i can't believe he did the 27 13 back when he was 18 oh, exciting it's already starting to get the hairs starting to prick up on my arms in, in, in anticipation and excitement so from a domestic point of view maybe not quite as stacked as the women's feel but still some names to to dr- sort of draw some attention to i mean for me like i'm looking at the list now like uh andy butchart feels like the main british hopeful uh flying the flag for the domestic side of things yeah, for sure. Uh, Andy Andy Butchart is the the name who jumps out from a domestic point of view in the men's race. Um, I have to say the men's the 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 British men's lineup in the ten thousand meters is not quite as strong as the women's. I think the the women's race is a bit stronger from a from a domestic point of view. Um, but there's still there's still quite a few very good British men who are going to be towing the line, led led by Andy Butchart. He's probably best known for finishing sixth in the Rio Olympics, 5,000 metres, back in 2016. 
Uh, but he, it's well known that he's been wanting to move up in distance, eventually move on to the roads. Um, I think he's done some some uh, pacemaking in things like London Marathon in the in the last in the last twelve months, mm. for example. And uh, I'm sure we'll see him making his marathon debut one day. Uh, but as part of that tr- transition, he's mo- he's moved up to ten thousand meters already, and he he uh, he's had a pretty good start. He set the Scottish record uh, last year, twenty seven thirty six over in California, uh, which is probably the kind of result at the time that. It didn't get noticed too much, but you know, mm. not to be sniffed at twenty seven thirty six. I think most of us would uh, would kill to run a time <laughs> as well as that, and yeah. obviously the the national record in Scotland. So I'm not quite sure what shape he's in going into going into the night of the ten thousand PBs this weekend, but uh, but he's usually a pretty pretty reliable, consistent runner. So I wouldn't have thought he would toe the line unless he's. Uh, unless he's in good shape. And also like want to shout out to, uh, to the Mohammed brothers as well, slightly sort of further down times wise, but they were on the, on the preview buildup, uh, last year as well. So excited to see, see those guys as well. And obviously Stephen Scullion as well. I'm seeing in the lineup, we'd be excited to see, see what he can do as well, but it, it's just looking like a, a really, really exciting field. So to apply the same thing we did to the women's, and we, we, I'm trying to think of a different name for outliers, dark horses, equally talented runners <laughs> who could maybe upset things. Maybe that feels like the the most polite way of saying it. But but who's your money on for for people who might go against the sort of the narrative and shake things up a little bit? Well, I mean, I mean, just touching on the Brits again briefly. I think the Mohammed brothers have got a good chance of making a breakthrough. I mean, Zach Mohammed's uh, PB. For instance, I think he's outside 29 minutes. 29.14, yeah. Yeah, and this this guy was uh, runner-up behind Charles Hicks in the under-23 race at the Euro Cross back in December. You know, he's a real talent, so I think we could see his his PB just being being smashed on uh, Saturday. Young lad Henry McLucky as well, who lots of listeners will be familiar with the name. He's a real talent. He's only 21 uh, he ran 13.36 for 5,000 metres just a few days ago. I think it was a week or two ago, uh, which was a PB. He did it over in the States. And, uh, yeah, he, he could be uh, due for a good run as well. Um, as for the more international runners, I mean, again, like the women's race, it's pretty stacked, really. I mean, there's 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 almost too many runners to mention. I mean, I'll I'll go through maybe two or three who have kind of jumped out to me. Uh, there's, there's an Ethiopian... Uh, Runner or an Ethiopian-born runner who now runs for Israel called Gashau Ayale, uh, who's run twenty-seven forty-nine, and he did it in Parliament Hill last year. So he's uh, he's got experience of the uh, of the event. He'll he'll know what he's coming over for. He'll be ready for the the noise and the atmosphere. And uh, since then, since he uh, ran that twenty-seven forty-nine at Highgate. He won a bronze medal in the marathon at the European Championships last summer. Uh, and then earlier on this year in February, he ran a, an Israeli record of two hours five in the Seville Marathon. So, um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a real talent. So another athlete worth, worth looking out for this weekend is Zere Mazenge, who was born in Eritrea, runs for Norway, and he's got a best of 27.46. Um, he's almost getting towards veteran status. He's well into his 30s, uh, but he he finished runner-up last year behind Yaman Kripa uh, of Italy. So he'll obviously be coming back this time looking to looking to uh, improve on that runner-up spot. A guy called 
Neka Genet, Kripper, and you might recognize the surname. It's the older brother of your man, Kripper, uh, who has a really interesting background. Uh, if you go back about 10 years, he won the world mountain running junior men's title. And he was obviously a, a superb talent, but unlike your man, Kripper, I think injuries got the better of him and he really struggled for a while. Um, you know, he's he's kind of known as as uh, your man Cripper's brother, as opposed to being an athlete in his own right. But, you know, he's run 27.51. So, uh, again, if he makes further improvements on Saturday, we could see him in the mix. I could probably list about another eight or ten genuine contenders in the men's race. I mean, it's really, it's really stacked full of talent. But probably one other interesting athlete I'll mention at this point is a Japanese athlete called Ren Tazawa, who uh, who has a best of twenty seven twenty three, and I've I've heard on the grapevine that he's arriving in London with quite a lot of Japanese journalists who are all following his progress. Um, as lots of your listeners will know, Japan is it's kind of marathon mad, especially, and obviously lots of ten thousand meter runners end up running the marathon, and they just love their distance running generally. So I've heard that that uh, Parliament Hill on Saturday night could have quite a lot of Japanese journalists floating around all watching Ren Tazawa, who is apparently going for, for the qualifying standard for the World Championship. So he's he's got to take off another 13 seconds from his PB, which, which sounds quite doable, to qualify for the World Champs in uh, Budapest. And, and probably on a similar theme, uh, I've heard that Paul Chilimo, uh, the American athlete, is is also coming over with a, a bit of an entourage. Uh, he's got his own uh, own kind of camera crew who are coming over to film his efforts. So he seems to be coming coming over with quite a bit of intent as well. And obviously, all these guys have got the twenty seven ten World Championship qualifying mark in their sights. Well, you don't wrangle a media circus and bring them over, especially from Japan. That is a long whole flight so that's super exciting to hear those sort of rumors on the grapevine that they're these athletes are coming with an entourage to see if they can get close to that 27 10 time and you're right there's there's so many fabulous exciting athletes in this field it just promises to be an electric night of of racing that will be kicking off from 3 p.m that you can watch for free that's the thing that always blows my mind about this event that you can watch for free there are there will be live streams and i'll put all the uh, event information in today's show notes so you know where you can watch that but it's also the 10-year anniversary of this event as well and my how it has grown in those 10 years you put a, an article out recently which i thought was was lovely um sort of sharing some of your your memories i just wondered just to, to close things out sort of reflecting back over over highgate sort of 10-year history are there any sort of memories for you that really stand out as sort of emblematic of, of this event and uh, its history well, I'd probably say say for starters, I mean, I, I wasn't at the first one back in 2013, but it always amuses me that, that the first event, we, we covered it in Athletics Weekly and it just, it had a small panel in our results section um, with a report by uh, a guy called Alistair Aitken, who's a, who's a very, very long time Highgate Harriers stalwart. Uh, he's written, written lots of stuff about, about uh, athletes from that particular club over the years and lots of other athletes as well. Um, the, the main race was won by a guy called Eddie, Eddie McGinley, uh, in just inside 30 minutes. And, um, you know, from those small humble beginnings with a, with a little, a little panel in the, uh, in the athletics weekly results section, it's obviously gone on to be a much bigger deal <laughs> now. Um, we, we've featured quite a few of the winners on our, our, on our front cover of the magazine over the years. 
And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, quite a few Brits like uh, Andy Vernon, Johnny Meller, uh, Ross Millington, uh, Joe Pavey, one of the early years, Rona Auckland. Um, and it, I, I always find it interesting what's kind of happened to these athletes. You know, for, for some of them, the win at the night of the 10,000 PBs was like their crowning moments. You know, it was as good as it got. And, and that was superb. You know, they've always got those memories to cherish. Uh, but for others, you know, they went on to went on to better things. Uh, some athletes, you know, pretty much retired soon afterwards. Uh, we we had uh, Jess Martin, who was known as Jess Andrews at the time, which is her maiden name. I mean, she she retired the year after winning at uh, at Highgate. Um, she she got married to a, a Tour de France cyclist and and just just uh, quit quit the sport. Um, hopefully she'll return one day, maybe in the marathon or something. Who knows? But you know, whereas someone like someone like her stepped out of the sport, others kind of moved on to the next level. So um, Lona Salpeter uh, arrived at the night of the ten thousand PBs in two thousand and eighteen, uh, and she was working as a as a nanny in Israel, originally from Kenya. Nobody really knew much about her at all, um, but she's gone on to have a stellar marathon career she won the european 10,000 meter title you know she's one of the world's top top athletes um another guy who uh, who's gone on to great things was, was richard ringer uh, who also won in 2018 and he went on to win the european marathon title last year on on home soil in munich um, and he's gone on to be one of the one of the world's top top distance runners so you know it, it's uh, it's interesting looking back at the history of the winners some uh, for some, as I say, it's the finest moments. Others, others kind of quit not long afterwards, but others go on to great things. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the the class of twenty twenty three after the, after this weekend and see what uh, see what happens to them. I love that the class of twenty twenty three stars are made and born at Highgate, and you can be there to witness it all up close. Reach out and maybe even touch some of them as they whip down the lactic tunnels of love. Jason, that feels like a, a brilliant point to end our, our conversation on. Thank you for your incredible knowledge, detailed overview and insight. I think these elite races are going to top off an incredible afternoon and evening of athletics. It all kicks off at 3 p.m. for free at Parliament Hill. I'll put all of the relevant information in the show notes where you can watch the live stream if you can't make it down. But if you can, you know where you need to be from three o'clock tomorrow. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show and bringing a brilliant guest on The Big Run. Cheers. Thank you. A big thank you to Jason for coming on the podcast. There is going to be some exciting racing coming this Saturday and you can be there for free from 3pm at Parliament Hill Athletics Track. Head over to ontracknights.com Follow the night of the 10 KPBs on socials to get all of the relevant information. And if you can't make it down, there will also be a live stream from 3 p.m., the details of which will be in today's show notes. And then the championship races will be being broadcast live on BBC from around 8 p.m. Well, that's it. I hope you've enjoyed these previews. There's nothing left now but for the athletes to get a good night's sleep and for all you fans who can make it to get yourselves down to Parliament Hill tomorrow from 3pm for an event like no other. I'll be there recording a live special, so if you see me with a mic, come and say hello and get yourselves on the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time for The Big Rump.